1: 18 plus
0: john and ken show john cobelt and ken shampoo kfi am640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio
2: radio app oh yeah we have that gas card in the five o'clock hour a hundred dollar gas card could be yours if you're selected by the john and ken panel that'll come up only during the five o'clock hour i want to make sure you're listening then don't forget at kfi am640.com the john and ken page We want you to read and pass around the latest by Joel Kotkin, the fellow at Chapman University, the author of many books about California. RealClearInvestigations.com is the website. And it's California's Vanished Dreams by the Numbers. We're going to read a little bit more out of it later on this hour. But he makes the case, chapter by chapter, segment by segment, about what's wrong with this state in detail. You should show this to your progressive friends see what kind of answer they have to this because it covers it on just about every issue you could think of after
0: reading it all
2: you really have to wonder why everyone wouldn't
0: change their voting patterns because yeah. this this is this is a total failure uh and uh speaking of failure
2: one of the worst yeah, this stories is another chapter in some of the saddest stories mm. that we covered on our show and that were the deaths of two small boys in LA County Gabriel uh, Fernandez and Anthony avalos yeah two
0: boys they were Basically murdered by their parents. And the abuse went on for quite a while. And I didn't even know this, but both cases had the same employee from yeah. LA County uh, Child Services.
2: Well, she actually works for a nonprofit that contracts with the county. She doesn't work for the county Her name, is Barbara Dixon, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And um, she actually was the family counselor in the in the case of both boys. Uh, she, her job is with something called Hathaway Sycamore Child and Family Services. They're out of Pasadena. It's a nonprofit that contracts with LA County to provide child welfare, mental health, foster care, and other services. And it would just be the luck of these two boys that this woman was assigned to both their cases to go to the home, but, to talk to the boys and their parents or the living lover or whatever, and figure out what was going on.
0: And she, she knew that both of them were getting severely abused. And in both cases, uh... Didn't get them out of there. And uh, you'd think she'd go to jail for this,
2: but she's only getting four years probation. In the Gabriel Fernandez case, she testified that her boss at Hathaway Sycamore did not want her to report the abuse. And she complied with that directive.
0: Great. All right, right. let's get Brian Claypool on uh, because he represents family members of Anthony Avalos. So he'll
2: probably know something about this woman. She's in the news because after all this, She's just been put on a 4-year probation by the State Board of Behavioral Sciences. Uh Brian, welcome. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Th- thank you guys so much for covering this important story. Well,
0: start with the obvious. The woman's involved yeah. with two cases where two children end up getting murdered by their yeah. parents and partners. I she gets yeah. she gets probation? I I
1: What does it take?
0: Well, I mean, you've got two dead well, bodies here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, here's the good news, guys. We're doing God's work because in the Anthony Avalos lawsuit, right, yeah. we sued Hathaway Sycamores. And they changed their name, by the way, recently to Sycamores. But we yes. sued them, and we're going to trial. And I want your audience to know this. We'd like them to come out and support us. May 9th, I'll get you the, the department number. May 9th, we're going to trial against the county and and this Hathaway Sycamores company because guess what? Barbara Dixon was not a therapist. You guys introduced her as a therapist. She was an intern, if you guys can believe this. An right. intern the, when she when she Yeah. An well, intern, right. the LA Times even,
0: says she was a licensed marriage and family
1: therapist. False. False. She currently, she currently is a licensed family and marriage therapist. At the time she was supposed to counsel Gabriel Fernandez and Anthony Avalos. She was a freaking intern, dude. And it and that's what we've alleged in the lawsuit. We're, we're we're going after t- t- we're going after the county and Sycamores. Let's not let the county off the hook here too, right? No, no. The, the county contracted
0: yeah. with them. They're as responsible. That's exactly right. Because Thank if you. They, they
1: that's right. They should have seen that's if right. they got
0: an intern on the case, then they should have said, "No, no, we're not doing that." Yeah.
1: Thank you, but it gets it gets worse than that, right? Fifty four million dollars that Hathaway Sycamores makes from the county. It gets worse. When I took depositions in Anthony's case, I found out that. There was no zero retraining of Barbara Dixon or anybody over at Hathaway Sycamores after uh, Gabriel Fernandez was murdered. Nothing changed. Then I tried to take Barbara Dixon's deposition. She pled the Fifth Amendment. Then I took her supervisor's deposition. And you know what she said? Brace yourself. She said we had zero communication with the county of Los Angeles when, when Gabriel or, and Anthony were sent over to Hathaway Sycamore, you tell me what's going on then. Why, why is the county not telling Hathaway Sycamores what's going on? And why is Hathaway Sycamores not asking questions? For example, why is Anthony Avalos coming to us? What do we need to talk to him about? And I will tell you this. I've reviewed every record from, from Hathaway Sycamores. Not one individual counseling session was ever given to Anthony Avalos with just him and Barbara Dixon. Yet, yet in her intake, she said, I'm supposed to be giving him individual counseling. So this is just a colossal failure. And and both Hathaway and the county are complicit in the murder of Anthony Avalos.
0: What did Dixon know? Let's start with the Avalos case. What did Dixon know about Anthony Avalos, his condition, the abuse he suffered? Did she know a lot of the specifics? Yeah,
1: yeah, great question. Um, it, when, when she first started seeing Anthony... She identified all of his symptoms, and he he was not he was not in good shape, right? He was very aggressive. Uh, he had a lot of anxiety. He was fighting a lot. So she documented that in in her file, right? But but here's where here's where it went wrong, and it ties into Gabriel Fernandez. Sometime in the middle of 2015, she documents in her file, "Hey, Anthony told me about a recent crisis, right?" That's a quote. A recent crisis. Well, she doesn't even put in there that Anthony told her. Uh, that that he, he was molested in the home. She didn't write that down. She just put it vaguely, oh, there was Anthony tells me about a recent crisis. Why did she do that? Because of what the state board found out, that Hathaway Sycamores has this policy that, that like if Barbara Dixon doesn't report, she's a mandated reporter, that she's not reporting this to the ab- child abuse hotline. She did that both in Gabriel Fernandez and she did that with Anthony Avalos. So she knew She knew what was going down. She didn't document it specifically. And get this, guys, it gets worse. This is what I'm going to argue at trial. When Anthony is released in January of 16, he was worse off. It's in their file. He was worse off than he was when he came in. What kind of brain surgery does Dixon and Hathaway Sycamore need to figure out that something's wrong with this boy and get to the freaking bottom of it?
0: What did, what did she know about Gabriel Fernandez?
1: Oh, oh that, that's even more tragic. She knew that he had scratches on his face, bruising on his face, and a black eye, right? In 2013, a black eye. And here's what she does wrong again, guys. And she did this. This is the problem with, with these mental health agencies and DCFS, okay? That's why we're going to try. Here's the problem. They always allow these social workers and these mental health specialists to ask questions of these allegedly abused kids with the mom right there, right? So what does Dixon do with Gabriel? She says, oh, what happened to you, Gabriel? And the mom's like, Pearl, the mom's standing right there. Oh, I fell off a bike, right? You mm-hmm. fell off a bike? You don't get a black eye when you fall off a bike, right? But later on, she says, later on, Dixon says in her notes with Gabriel, hey, I did believe that that, that that maybe he was abused by by mom and boyfriend. But guess what? She then goes to a supervisor over at Hathaway Sycamore, Supervisor says, no, you don't want to report that to the child abuse hotline. So that was never reported. So that's why she was on probation as well, failing to report child abuse of Gabriel Fernandez. He could have been saved, and Anthony Avalos could have been saved. You know,
0: we've talked about this before when you've come on with these cases, but anybody listening right now is asking the question, why? Why do all the adults at Hathaway Sycamores and L.A. County Department Children and family services, why do they behave the way they do?
1: You've asked me that so many. I've been on with you for years on this. I, My know, pers- I, I truly believe this. I know people don't want to hear it. Truly believe that with some of these kids with color, you know, a lot of these brown kids, a lot of these Hispanic kids from lower income neighborhoods, that I I I really I mean, I mean, look at look at a lot of these social workers and 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 these mental health specialists. They just simply don't care. Don't buy in. Don't have your listeners buy in to this garbage that, oh, we're too busy and, gee, we couldn't have figured that out. That is a flat-out bunch of trash. This is, these are heartless people, guys. They're spineless. They're heartless. They don't care. In Anthony's case, they observed. One of their social workers were going to cross-examine and trial. She observed Anthony getting, having his hair grabbed and thrown across the room while she was at his house, Right. And still, they don't remove that child because they don't care about these trailer trash young kids from, from you know, downtrodden homes. They just don't care. One other quick comment. Yeah. Don't buy into this, this, this ridiculous comment. Did you see the comment by the county? It's, it's, it's a categorical.
0: My whole phone bank went out. Is that right?
2: So did the screen. Everything yeah, I'm I thought maybe care. I lost, but because I was waiting for you to speak. Yeah. Well,
0: I guess we'll take a break. Looks like we have a uh, complete. Is this the pitfalls of this uh, renovation? Oh, you have no idea. The
2: lights are out here. The microphone's <laughs> broken. Okay. <laughs> right, Screen's well, not working. Phone's not want, working now. We want to thank Brian Claypool for coming on. And again, he's got a trial coming up, as he just mm-hmm. told us, in May. Uh, against the county and this uh, non-profit out of Pasadena. We'll talk with him, too, as the trial approaches. John and Ken KFI. Deborah Mark, you still
0: working?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barely. <It's, laughs> apparently she's still there.
0: Yeah. KFI News. John and Ken show John Cobell and Ken Shampo. KFI. AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
2: Well, a reminder that the uh, Moistline is back tomorrow. You can leave a message on the iHeartRadio app using the little microphone icon. To uh directly us a message through the app, or you can of course call the number 1877 moist 86 877 664 7886 Well, you know, we're having other phone guests. I hope the phones come back. I uh, uh looks like everything uh, is back and connected. Like, like a blip, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's they're bulldo I'm waiting for uh, the wrecking ball to come crashing through the window. Any minute now.
2: Now, you go back years in our coverage on the John and Ken Show. Jerry Brown was governor. There was a judge who decided that the situation in California state prisons uh, was unhealthy for the inmates. They weren't getting the proper health care, mental health treatment. So there was this need, yeah, beginning with what we call AB-109, the prisoner dumping bill in the year 2011, to start to empty out the state prisons. And we've watched over the years with things like Proposition 47 and now the worst, Proposition 57, which is going to lead to tens of thousands of inmates getting, and we'll call it that, early release, including perhaps uh, one of the shooters in the Sacramento mass shooting from a couple of weekends ago. All of this leads us to the most unbelievable Los Angeles Times editorial to appear. <laughs> release California from the prison of over-incarceration. What's the number you told me the other day we're down to how many state inmates? We're down to 95,000. We were at about 160,000, but we're er- still over-incarcerated we're over incarcerated because they're calling
0: for more releases. <laughs> then, now they have seen that the crime rate is
2: surging, violent yes. crime especially is way Oh up. no, they deny it though. Oh. They deny well, it. Yes, but they-, they they go back to 2019 for their numbers and then they compare them to like 1992. That's how they get away with this. Well, they don't get away with it because everybody knows they're lying. They can
0: lie. Sure, anybody can lie. Everybody does lie. Every single person who's led to prison has pleaded not guilty, right? Every one of them. They all plead not guilty, so they all lie. L.A. Times is doing it on purpose. That's what a propaganda unit does. But it's easy to see that there's a surge in all these crimes. They know there's a surge in all these crimes. It's because you now have... Let's see, 160, 65,000, 65,000 people who were in state prison are now free. And this doesn't even count all the jailed people who've been let go in the county jails and all the people who are now no longer sent to jail or no longer given bail. I bet you over 100,000 bad guys are out on the streets right now that 10 years
2: ago would have been behind bars. 100,000. You get a little peek at their madness in this editorial because they're basically... Blaming the term they use is incarceration for a lot of the problems that we have, including unemployment, homelessness, mental illness, drug use. They're, it's like they're blaming it, incarceration for it, all of these it, societal it, ills. No, it's no, like hard to believe. No, in, when you,
0: yeah, the word incarceration, prison, is what it's called. Prison is the end result of people taking drugs and not working. That's the end it's the it's the end result of committing violent acts against people or stealing things. They have it in reverse and they're putting it in reverse on purpose. Everything about the, the LA Times is about presenting the story backward in order to confuse you, in order to get you sidetracked on stupid issues. When well, you end up in prison, you have caused the, the You have created the reason you're in prison. By your behavior, by your decisions, by what you chose to do, you ended up in prison. Prison
2: didn't create your situation. You created your situation. So they just make the case, instead of prison, why don't we deal with these problems with counseling and <laughs> housing assistance? <laughs>
0: I I got
2: something. I got and I got treatment I, options. I got something for you. All of these are better answers than prison time. Smiley Martin, up in Sacramento, yes, involved in the massive shooting. Eighteen people got
0: shot. Six is yes, dead. one of the brothers. The guy that got early release. Yeah, Smiley Martin served four years in state prison. Should have had should have spent ten years. Four years and they said, well, he went to all good time, good time credits, good behavior credits. He went to all the appropriate classes and counseling sessions. What happened? What did it do? Didn't work. Was a failure. All these guys come out of prison. The recidivism rate is gigantic. We had uh, the, the the sheriff from uh, Sacramento County on the other day. I think he said it's like I don't know, like 70% of the prisoners end up back in prison. Yes. Their programs.
2: Yeah, sheriff Scott Jones. Scott
0: yeah. Jones. He said 70% recidivism rate. These programs don't work if they exist at all. I don't think they actually send them to any classes or any kind of counseling. I don't I don't think that actually happens. But let's go along with this with the fable. Okay, they go, and it has has, has absolutely no effect on them because the ones that haven't been rearrested, they're all living out in the streets. Much of the homeless, those are those are ex-convicts. Those are felons.
2: Yeah, they always like to act like we have these magic programs which could transform people if only we would tap them. They don't exist. Total lie. Complete lie. There are a few programs that work for a few people, but by and large, they don't exist. They don't exist. It's just magical thinking.
0: Because you
2: can't change bad brains. You can't
0: fix bad brains. It's not like setting a broken leg. It's not like stitching up a cut. It's bad programming in the brain, bad wiring, all kinds of reasons for that. Doesn't matter what the reasons are, that's that's the product you have. You either lock them up and they can't hurt anybody, or you let them go free and they hurt us. Those are your two choices. Anybody who says there's a third choice is lying and it's a provable lie. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI
2: John and Ken show, John Cobalt, and Ken Champeau, KFI. AM 640 Live, everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Hey, we got the gas card money coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. That's KFI's way of feeling your pain and offering you a chance to win a $100 gas card. Uh, It happens all day on KFI. You can win with Bill Handel at 9 a.m. Gary and Shannon have it at 11 a.m., and we've got it at 5 o'clock in the 5 o'clock hour. Your chance to win will end each day at 7 p.m. with Tim Conway, Jr., Looking at uh, Biden's schedule today, it looks like he went down to North Carolina to make some sort of a speech because um, what's beginning to trend on Twitter is what happened at the end of this speech. Did Ray share it with you? No. Oh, do okay. we have another moment? I keep watching it. It's <laughs> in my email? Was this something for the air or no? You can't do it in the air, it's a visual. Uh, he finishes the speech. Okay. Ooh, it's hard to explain. You have to see it. He has a binder that he shuts close, he turns to his right, looking confused. He puts his hand out to shake hands with no one. No one appears. Then he turns completely around, and he seems to kind of put his hands out. You're seeing his back. Like, I don't know where I, who am I? Where are we? And then finally he turns and, Yeah, I'm playing it now. Oh, okay. And, and then he there turns towards other people off
0: stage <laughs> he puts his hand out there's nobody there and and then he just he wanders <laughs> then, he's just wandering he,
2: left and right <laughs> <laughs> imagine okay. every um, hang on uh, sorry oh <laughs> I'm watching it just keeps repeating it's too funny well, hello he, mr invisible he, he holds glad a, to know you he turns to the right and he holds his hand out for a little
0: while and then he swings and is facing the back wall which is
2: yeah um, and he moves to the left uh, then he's then he slowly moves to the right then he finally walks off stage <laughs> nobody helps him <laughs> nobody directs him nobody helps him
0: but he, he held it for what who did he think was there
2: I think he thought someone was going to come up and shake his hand from the from that side of the stage. Right, and then he's looking at the flag for, but nobody appears. Maybe he was told after your speech, someone will come up and thank you and shake your hand. But I I don't know if that's what I got to see. You know, I got to see how many seconds here this takes.
0: I mean, because all right, he's looking over there, sticks out his hand. It's like almost three seconds, and then another three seconds. He stares at the flag and then wanders away for five seconds.
2: Wow. Man, his back's to the audience, and he's just kind of staring at the flag, but looking left, looking right. <laughs> <well>. Oh, man. <laughs> Joe, meet Feinstein. You, Who's she? Who is she? Who are you?
0: Can you imagine? Bi- Biden and Feinstein. Yeah, they have, should
2: have a White House meeting. Having, see how having, that would go. Having a lunch together. <laughs> Do I know you? <laughs> Soup's good. What soup?
0: <laughs>
2: All right. We're uh, we're we're spending time today on the latest uh, article by Joel Kotkin at RealClearInvestigations.com. California's vanished dream by the numbers. We're just going to go through another section here. We'll probably do one more section later on in the show. You should read it. You should share it with everyone. Because it provides you with statistical backup the failure this state has become, thanks to its drift towards this kind of... I don't know why you want to call it woke, progressive politics. This section's (laughs) called Manifest Education Failures. And historically, education was seen, particularly among traditional liberals, as critical to upward mobility for poor and working class people. Yet for decades, the state schools have underperformed national norms, particularly for poor students. Since 1998, California has ranked on average 46th in eighth grade reading and math subject area performance. The That's... only comparable assessment between states nationwide is this thing called the National Assessment for Educational Progress. That wait a second—that is twenty-four years. For you, average the last twenty-four
0: years in California. Yeah, Calif- nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, California is forty-sixth. Almost a quarter of a century. A children who were uh, not educated when they were five are now almost thirty. This is is horrific.
2: Today, almost three of five California high schoolers are not prepared for either college or a career. The percentages are even far higher for Latinos, African-Americans, and the economically disadvantaged. Among the 50 states, California ranked 49th in the performance of poor, largely minority students. San San Francisco. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, San Francisco is ground zero for woke politics, right? Ground zero for woke politics is what they pride themselves on. They have the worst scores for black students of any county in the state. I, mean, I don't think they had a lot of black students, but.
2: Well, whatever. The stories about San Francisco a few years back, there's no black people left.
0: Whatever they have, it's the worst scores. No. They don't care. It's all, all the progressive politics is phony. It's all virtue signaling. It's all to make them feel morally superior. Actual results almost non existent.
2: He writes at Cal State University, and here's a nice little dig where ethnic study programs are now mandated. The need for remedial courses, or 40% of freshmen, of uh, 40% of freshmen demonstrates a low level of preparedness in basic skills like reading comprehension, writing, and mathematics. Some educators have decided to eliminate this problem by eliminating the remedial classes. Yeah, that's what we've been seeing the last few years. So, they've taken this approach that all right well we'll just have to make it easier rather than trying to well, figure out well they're
0: going to get useless college degrees yes th- th- i mean that that's they're going to come out they'll have they'll have a piece of paper they'll have no skills no no marketable skills wow that's horrible
2: he writes the san diego unified school district will no longer count uh such things as turning in work on time and grading and evaluation and it may reduce penalties for cheating. This, they believe, is a justified way of redressing racial issues. Mm. See? <laughs> <She, she. laughs> Most Californians do support charter schools, even half of Democrats, and three chapters of the NCAA, NCAA, NAACP support it. But the state's powerful teachers union and the Democrats oppose any education alternative. Uh, this is
0: what a corrupt government is about. This is nothing more than the union's right such big checks to all the politicians in the state that they control everything about education and the teachers union are the worst. I, and we can, we can I'm prove it here. We're 46th in the country over a 25 year period. Yeah. San Francisco is last for black students in the whole state and, and their idea of equity. Now we, now here's the def I sometimes I'm confused. I don't know what it, it means when they babble about equity it means you don't have to display math skills. It means you don't have to turn your work in on time. It means you're not going to get penalized much for cheating.
2: Yeah, that you know, creates some schools, equity. I think in Oakland, they're doing just pass-fail. That's it, just PF. Right. And they, and they used the it, pandemic it, it, to begin it, this kind sh- of... Uh... You know what? I?
0: I, In a way, it doesn't affect my life because, you know, I sent my kids to a real school which had real-world... Uh, demands, real-world evaluations. And so they're they're prepared to uh, live on their own and work right. and make money and all that. This is going to affect all these other kids, but we're paying for this. We've paid a lot of money for really bad education, and it shows you that all the elites here in L.A., all the Democratic progressives, they don't actually give a rat's ass about any of the minority children. They don't care about any of them. They don't care what happens to them. It it Shouting equity is a way of... Man, emotionally manipulating people into feeling guilty and paying taxes and supporting the uh, great progressive corrupt political machine.
2: All right, we'll probably read more from this article later on in the show. Joel Kotkin, realclearinvestigations.com. It's called California's Vanished Dreamed by the Numbers. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show, John Cobell, Ken Shampoo,
0: KFI. 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
2: All right, coming up after 4 o'clock, uh, Elon Musk wants to own the world. By uh, right, he wants to acquire Twitter. Alex Stone will be here to talk about the offer, what may be behind it. Do you see that uh, Trump endorsed Dr. Oz for the Senate? <laughs> <laughs> that was odd. Apparently and, and Dr. Not, Oz is making some of his faithful unhappy. Well, Dr. Oz is a quack. He is a Republican, I guess. He's a Republican quack. He's, 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 uh, I thought he was dropping out. He's still in there. No, he's winning. He's winning the Republican primary so far in the polls. Yeah. Mm. He'll probably be the nominee. And people are looking, trying to read between the lines that Trump said something about if I'm healthy, I'll run maybe in 24 and they think something might be going on. He's not talking about or, or maybe he's just says stuff. Yeah, so but he doesn't say so, negative things. So people start talking about him. Uh, from Ukraine today, this exciting news: the Ukrainians apparently have uh, sunk. They sunk a Russian warship with some kind of missile strike. The uh, the flagship. Yeah. Of their fleet, it's a big one in the in the Black Sea. Russia says the ship was damaged by a fire and <laughs> sank while being towed to port.
0: Yeah, well, what started the fire? Ukraine says
2: they hit it with a missile strike. So uh, maybe the missile started the fire.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it, uh, the, the, it was on fire for hours and hours.
2: The guided missile cruiser called Moskva, Moskva, with two of its uh, own Neptune missiles. That's what the Ukrainians said they hit it with.
0: The whole but crew. Russia's,
2: Russia's just saying that the blast was caused by ammunition aboard the ship.
0: Yeah. Well, they lie.
2: Uh, Maybe both the missiles hit the ammunition.
0: Five hundred sailors, whole crew had to uh, evacuate. Right, and they had uh, sixteen long-range cruise missiles on board this ship, so that that was uh, that was one of their major uh, weapon sites. You know, I, I heard today some kind of CIA official was getting interviewed, and he said, uh, you know, as Ukraine keeps taking it to the Russians. Yeah. Because it's getting more and more likely the Russians are going to use a nuke. Yeah. Some kind of battlefield tactical nuke.
2: This is the CIA director, William Burns, I think you're talking about, because he talked about we can't rule out that possibility that they are going to probably try to use tactical nuclear weapons. He sounded grim. He, he, he sounded sound yes. grim.
0: You know, like a he grim called, milestone. He
2: called Putin an apostle of payback. Was the, the term he used for Putin. <laughs>
0: yeah I, I I can't imagine how angry he must be yeah. I mean how futile it has been for him so far and this is now seven weeks this is way beyond embarrassing I mean this is now infuriating I mean, he really had a bad military
2: he says he met with Putin in November telling him you know don't do this about with Ukraine and Putin seemed to indicate he thought the window was closing for this, but he thought the Ukrainians would submit quickly that his own military would achieve victory at minimal cost. Wow. Oh, well. Was he consulting uh, U.S. intelligence?
0: Uh, usually, usually we get that stuff wildly wrong. I'm, I'm getting the feeling all this, all this intelligence that these countries have, really the whole thing's a, a fraud. It's another one of those fake industries.
2: It's like guys who try to call football games, predict yeah, outcomes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're right sometimes. They're, 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 they're these astrologers who try to predict future <laughs> events. And... Yes, they might as well have used astrologers. <laughs> now, for Ukraine, Russia, we have for Deborah Mark an animal story. Oh, goody. And it is touching. Aww. It is beautiful. And if you've not seen the video, you should look at it because it's also remarkable. Apparently, in a village called, well, I can't even, again, John, too many consonants in your languages. M-Y-K-H-A-I-L-V-K-A. My Halkova? My Halkova? I don't know. The Russians apparently bombed the village. And one building that they hit inside was a 77-year-old man and his tiny puppy. Mm. The man got out, but he was nearly killed. Rescuers came running and had to dig through the rubble, and they got that puppy out of there alive. When you see the video, it's hard to believe because you can't, they just like it's just a bunch of rocks, cement blocks that broke into pieces, and they're just kind of moving stuff around, and suddenly this tiny head pops out. Uh, we have some audio of the rescue. Oh, Oh, yes. yeah, uh, Look, I, thought, I don't know what Сейчас я like, you think they're looking for, it's hard to believe they're красавец. looking for, like a, I guess they heard it crying, they couldn't figure out how they knew yes, he
1: it. Oh, but and now, Ukrainian. They're, they're popping oh,
2: out this little body. It looks like a little pit-ball, man. Did we?
1: <laughs> and it looks
2: dead at first, the guy taps the face. But sure enough, it starts to breathe. Beautiful looks like they're digging a hole. Oh, so you, oh, you haven't go gotten there. to the part where the dog is? No, I had to Thank sit through an ad. My oh, my God. How did yeah, they pull him out, out of jealous. that dirt?
0: I- he was oh. completely buried.
2: I'm it's watching, adorable. Oh. It's, like they're pu- it away. it's like they're pulling him out of a grave. Yep. Yeah. It does I, look like have,
1: a pit bull puppy, absolutely. Yeah,
2: it could not have been too long after you bull. see the leg shaking as they're, they're holding it. It's so nervous still. It's oh, still in such shock. Oh, its wow. leg is shaking uncontrollably. They You got... ever see dogs do that when they're really nervous? Yes. Just, you know, they, they, they must have help. gotten there very quickly because
0: he was completely covered up. Completely <coughs> covered up. Oh,
1: that's such a wonderful story. And the rescuer looks so happy with himself that he did this.
2: Oh, and look at, uh, look yeah. at the old guy. So I can only imagine they heard something because well, how did they know exactly where to dig oh. to find this little creature? But there you go. Oh, that's a great story, Ken. What's with the
0: uplifting story?
2: I, did did like, I make a mistake? Uh, <laughs> no. She always complains all my animal stories. Well, and... they're
0: terrible usually. Yeah,
2: they're so? horrible.
0: This is, this is I a really, nice one. This is I, my
2: version of giving you french fries. I, Thank s- you. <laughs> I thought there was going to be some ugly payoff at the end. Not this time. There was nothing. And then the fireman or the (laughs) rescuer dropped the puppy and it was crushed by a truck. Right, exactly,
1: yeah.
2: (laughs) Come on, John. What did you do?
1: We're allowed to have happy endings
2: sometimes. We are? Yes. I don't know. You're breaking the format. All (laughs) right. Elon Musk wants Twitter. He wants all of it. Coming up next. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM
0: 640.